Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. If you're looking to buy a property, give Property Prize Guru a call. They specialise in helping buyers on their property search and can even negotiate on your behalf, potentially saving you thousands. Email info at propertyprizeguru.co.uk and use reference house 07, that's house 07, for a discounted rate. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Aiton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy, and as always, Ben Aysen. We're uh, we're back for another transfer update slash predictions podcast, and uh, we, you, you're going to be hearing from a few opposition fans on this one as well. Uh, just on just on the the news of our signings that we've made, we, we're asking there. Uh, the fans of those clubs that we've signed them from, how uh, how they feel about the player having played for their club. So uh, we, we, you're going to be hearing of plenty of uh, opposition fans. But yeah, as I say, just uh, obviously an update on the, the transfers and stuff. And as I say, as always, I am joined by my trusty co-host, Ben Aiton. Ben, it's been a while since we last spoke. It, it always, at the moment, because we're not doing it regularly, it does feel like ages since we've last spoke like over the sort of phone, so to speak. So, how's things with you, and, and how is everything, buddy? Yeah, yeah, things are all good, my end, mate. Um, yeah, um, nothing really to report. I've not really done much, to be sure. fair. Um, had my first date night with a missus the other night. Um, our first time out since um, Ida was born, and my mum looked after her, and we went out to comedy um, garden session in St Albans. They put on an event, and there was a few comedians there, so it was nice to get out and like let our hair down a bit and not worry about putting the baby back to sleep when they wake up. Um, so, yeah, but I've not really done much else, really. Playing football still, um, lots of gardening, Um yeah, that's about it. How about you? Um, how how's the career? How's how's the weekend? You're managing Saturday league football, aren't you? Um, at the been, moment. Yeah. Well, firstly, glad to hear that you and uh, you and Kate managed to get out after your first night out since having Isla. I'm sure that was extra special for you guys. Um, 
But with myself, career's going well. Um, picking up bits and pieces as, as the week's gone. I can't believe it's, it's been over a month now since I started uh, working bad. for him. And it's going to be two months in, in about 17 days or so. So it is really, really flying. But I'm, I'm loving it. And that's that's the main thing. And as you say, is a career as opposed to just a job. So that's the main thing as well at my age. But um, yeah, uh, managing Saturday leagues as well. We've had two games since we last spoke. We won our first game of pre-season. Uh, a nice, hard-fought 1-0 victory for us a couple of weekends ago. Um, and that was brilliant for the lads. It was on such a terrible pitch as well. Uh, so even better. And then uh, we had one for the neutral on Saturday just gone. A nice 5-5 draw for my lads. Uh, so my ticker was going because one minute we were winning and you know the next we were drawing. And we, we actually... We started off 1-0 down and then we went 3-1 up and then it was 3-2, 4-2. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a stressful one as a manager, but I can imagine if you were there watching as a neutral, you, you, you'd have got your money's worth if they uh, charged you to pay. The man it. walking his dog enjoyed it. <laughs> he did indeed. He did indeed. And um, I've had a bit of a, a midlife crisis in terms of I've actually bleached Hairstyle. my hair blonde. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the top half of it's been bleached blonde. So um, you could call it the Chucho Hernandez look. You could call it Will Hughes. You could call it whatever you want. I, I've been called. I was called Eminem at football on Saturday. Uh, I was called Phil Foden in the chippy on Saturday night. Uh, but she was drunk, so yeah, that's probably why she called me that. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, but all good. We, we, I'm going off on a tangent already, and we haven't even started talking about Watford. Um, so yeah, but no, everything's all good. Let's uh, let's kick things off, shall we? Because uh, we have got a, a bit to, to get through. Obviously, like I say, we are going to be giving our predictions for the upcoming season. Myself and Ben, uh, we've got the obvious ones, you know, goals, um, top goal scorer, um, stuff like that, and then we've got a few s- sort of funny ones as well, which I'll uh, we'll reveal once we're we're giving our predictions. But first, as always, we we start with the transfer news, and then. We'll go into the opposition fans that we've heard from and a massive thanks to them. Obviously, I'll be shouting them out later on in the programme. Um, let's start with uh, some transfer news, which I think broke today, Ben. Uh, I, I think you tweeted it on, on our account. Interested in America de Cali defender Pablo Ortiz. He's 21 years old and is valued at three and a half million euros. And the, um, last Friday, America de Cali actually left him out the squad. They removed him whilst his future's being resolved. Uh, and their manager said that Pablo Ortiz can become the best left-handed centre-back in our football. Now, I don't know whether he meant left-footed or left-handed. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, Maybe he's on about beach volleyball or something. Who, who knows? But the, that, that one's been sort of come come to fruition today, I think, hasn't it, Ben? And uh, it's a young centre-back. You said on the last podcast that you'd welcome another centre-back. I said we didn't need one. Um, having seen what I saw at Stevenage, and yes, it might be harsh to judge him off one game, but maybe we do need another centre-back. Is this something you'd welcome with open arms, Ben, or would you maybe go more down down more of an experience route as opposed to this? Um, I don't think we need the experience, um, really. Um, we do definitely need another body in that department. I know you, you've, you're kind of talking about Craig Cathcart's performance at Stevenage. Mm. Um, and let's be honest, I don't think it's Premier League quality anymore. Um, I know it's a risk to bring in someone of um, Pablo's age over who's yeah. never played in Europe before. 
but he's been highly rated. His, his manager just came out and said he could be the best left-sided centre-back in the world. Um, he was actually linked with a move to Borussia Dortmund a few months back as well. Um, so it's not just Watford looking at him as well. So I think it'd be good to get a body in in that department because I don't... I've, Craig Cathart's days are behind him now, aren't they? For the best of them anyway. Um, I think his championship quality um, at the best, maybe middle of a championship, bottom end of a championship. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him in my side fighting for promotion. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but I don't think you'd want him starting week in, week out fighting for promotion. Um, mm. We were lucky that we had other players in the likes of Car- um Trucy Connor Sirialto. I think if we had Truce, um, like Craig Cathcart playing week in week out and was fighting for pro- promotion, maybe we might not have got promotion. Might have ended up getting into the playoffs and then slipping out. Um, I know it's quite harsh to say because he's been a great servant for the club, but he, yeah. his best days are behind him, and it is time to look to the future. And you know what the Pozos are like? They're like dipping into this. The young South American market, we've seen it so many times, and they find these gems. And this is looks like it's possibly another gem on their hands that they've they've just poached from somewhere. Um, never heard of a guy, um, no. so we can't really give our opinions on him. Uh, maybe we'll try and find a um, a podcast over there, and they can <laughs> you yeah. could translate it, and we find out how good he actually really is. But yeah, it, it's one to watch. Um, a few sources have said that we're linked with him. It broke late last night, early this morning. So, yeah, it's, it's one to watch and it could be an exciting purchase if Watford do end up getting him. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, off the back of what you said in, in regards to Cathcart, you know, he had two two games, which I remember he come on as a sub against Reading because uh, somebody got injured. Was it CRL to got, or was it Truce got injured? One of the defenders got injured, I think, against Reading at home. And uh, Cathcart come on for the last sort of half an hour, maybe maybe not that much, but I thought he was brilliant. And then obviously he played at right back against Norwich in, in that 1-0 win at Carrow Road and again was brilliant. So maybe a bit part player in the Championship is something that Craig Cathcart may have to get used to. But as you say, Ben, and rightly so, he has been a fantastic servant for ourselves. So yeah, it's, uh, it is really, really good to... He's just fallen into the mould of Adrian Mariapa now where he's not going to start him week in, yeah. week out. He's just going to play when he's called upon and there's lots of injuries and suspicions suspensions at the club other than that he would never get involved into the situation Cisco's never going to pick him above Serial to a true sequel is he let's be realistic here yeah no well definitely not definitely not um before most of the other sort of news that we've got to bring in is regarding outgoings but one uh one name I wanted to mention to you, Ben, and we, we don't have to go into great depth on this one, but um, Adamola Luckman's been linked with us, I've seen on uh, on social media. Would uh, I'm in the opinion of he wouldn't get a game because he mainly plays out on the wings, if, if memory serves me correctly, and I think we're very well covered in that position. Is that something you'd agree with? or? I see him being linked to us because one of our wingers has been linked away with another move. Um, Ismail Asar has been linked away to a move to possibly Villa. Mm. I think they're rumoured to want him for about £33 million, which is a joke that will never happen yeah, under the course. Pozos. Um, so I think it's agents trying to like put players out there. Um, yeah. I don't think he'll get into our starting line at the moment. Um, if Saar goes, that opens up a space for him where he could maybe come in and do a job for Watford. But 
Um, if he does come in, there's one thing I don't want him to do, and that's to take penalties because it's bloody yeah. awful. Yeah, <laughs> somebody said that when you tweeted it out. It was like, as long as he don't take penalties, it's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I I think that one, like you say, Benny, his agents trying to not stir the pot, but get their client's name out in there and see he's, if they can generate. He's it. linked with other Premier League sides as well, like Crystal Palace as well. They're in the market for a winger as well after um, letting Townsend leave. You yeah. ended up going to Everton, which is such a weird move, isn't it? Um, Do you know what, though? Apparently, on his debut, they, Everton played in some cup over in America and won it. Um, and apparently, he played really well on his debut. Uh, but it is still a weird move. Like, for a team that were fighting for Europe last year, to go and sign Andros Townsend is a bit of an odd one. Everton fans have uh, had to deal with some interesting news over the last few weeks. I think that, that day when it broke about... <laughs> a certain Icelandic midfielder, somebody said, I think you pointed it out to me, saying that not only did they find that out, they then found out they were signing Andros Townsend and uh, Asmir Begovic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, times have been better for Everton fans, but um, yeah, it, never It's mind. strange how they're... Tra- I know we're going off on the tangent like we yeah, normally we do, do, but this show, though, Everton's transfer um, what market this season, like last year, look at it, they brought in... James uh, Rodriguez um, and other players as well who are like, really high quality players and now this time around they've just gone for Begovic and Townsend and, it's like, and they've lost their manager in Carlo Ancelotti as well yeah. I, I reckon Everton possibly could struggle this season I don't know I, listen I, I don't want to talk about it too much because people will think they've tuned into the wrong podcast here talking about Everton's chances but I think Rafa Benitez is a brilliant manager and who knows one thing I will say is um, I would have gone for Damari Grain no, if if I knew he was that cheap because I think they didn't pay much for him it's still like 1.5 million or something yeah I, I don't know why we weren't in the market for him I know he sort of went wayward a bit when he went to Leicester. He didn't maybe get the game time he, he perhaps wanted. But at Birmingham City, you know, he was he was brilliant. And um, by Leverkusen, again, I, I didn't really follow his career. But obviously, it didn't quite work out there. I would have took a punt on him for one and a half million, 100%. Definitely. Um, He's young still, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. he? He was unlucky at Leicester where he, he couldn't really get into the side and cement a place he was always a bit pot player wasn't he he was in yeah. and out but when he when he played he scored some cracking goals so yeah that's yeah. definitely one of the players that I personally would have looked at definitely yeah. overlookman anyway yeah yeah definitely moving on to outgoings uh, a couple of rumours a couple of confirmed transfers as well which we we've, we were expecting um, Watford, are act- Watford are refusing to sell Dan Backman after Arsenal and Ajax shown interest in the Austrian number one and uh, Watford value Backman at 15 million. Now, this is an interesting one I've seen knocking about on Twitter, Ben. I want to get your per- uh, sort of point of view on it. People saying, obviously, no, no discredit to Backman, but he's obviously never played in the Premier League before. And we don't know what he's going to be like. He obviously had a fantastic season last season, helping us get promoted, and then had a you know a, a good spell at the Euros as well, and, and some good performances. We've never seen him play in the Premier League, so if someone was to come in and offer 15 million, 20 million, would you accept it and say, look, Backman, thank you so so much for what you've helped this club get back up to the Premier League, but we've never seen you play in the Prem before. We're going to cash in on you, or are you? with Watford in the stance of we're not selling him he's too valuable for us I feel like our our summer is starting to be a bit unsettled Um, I feel like there's lots of uh, other clubs sniffing around our players Mm -hmm. i.e. Saar Hughes 
and now Batman, and I, I'm not really enjoying it. Um, so I can see why the Pozzos have said, no, we're not selling him. Um, imagine losing your number one goalkeeper two weeks before the start of the season. Not ideal. Um, not ideal at all. Um, £15 million for a goalkeeper that you brought in on a free transfer from Stoke um, is would be a massive profit. Um, I think Watford would do well to sell him for that price. I don't think it's the right time to possibly sell him. Um, I'd want to give him a good gold crack in the Premier League. Um, and plus, you've got to think, if you sell Batman for £15 million, lots of people are saying, oh, let's go get Sam Johnston. Tell you what, Sam Johnston would cost £20 million, even maybe double to £30 million to what yeah. um, Batman is, purely because he's English. Um, and English players, you know, they, the inflation on English players is ridiculous. Uh, I wouldn't sell Batman at this time. Um, maybe at the end of the season, if he's had a brilliant season, you'd look to reassess it. But I want to try and keep it a bit more settled than it's it's starting to get. It's, it's a bit unsettled at the moment, and I'm not really liking all of this. Our best, better players linking, being linked with other moves away, so close to the start of the season. Yeah, it is an interesting one and you know many people have waded in on the conversation on Twitter. I've seen some good points, I've seen some absolutely horrendous points as well, but um I'm of the opinion of I think he deserves that shot in the Premier League. Look, I, I remember saying when I saw him against Steve uh, not Stephen sorry, when I saw him against Tranmere in the FA Cup last year, I wasn't impressed at all. Um Obviously, couldn't really judge him off one game because that would be very harsh, but I just didn't think his overall goalkeeping ability was, was what we were needing. And I certainly didn't see him breaking into the squad. Obviously, he broke into the squad because of uh, Ben Foster breaking his finger, I think it was. Uh, but I certainly didn't see him playing as well as he did and helping us achieve promotion because he was a vital, vital part of that. He, he made some absolutely superb saves. I think one that stands out for me, obviously on the last day against Millwall, he clawed it out the top corner. I think it was from Jed Wallace. Um, he also, one that stood out for me was against Derby. Yeah, when, I was um, going to say that. Yeah, the, the that goal, was a corner, corner, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember us speaking about that, saying that Shay Given was their set-piece, sort of their corner routine guy, and obviously he's well-suited to knowing what goalkeepers don't like. So, you know, some vital saves. So, the penalty shootout yeah. saves at Oxford, the penalty, uh, he loved save the penalty at save. Yeah, he loved the penalty save. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't sell him. And like you say, Ben, to, for it to be two weeks before the season, that had massively unsettled us. Uh, so uh, I'm hoping that that is just paper talk and, and nothing actually comes of it. So, And like you said, again, rightly so, about Sam Johnston, yes, if we did sell him, we'd get 15 million, but I'm be I bet you bottom dollar that West Brom would want double that for, for Sam Johnston. And, you know, if Sam Johnston's not available, then who do we go to? Do we, We'd have to go abroad, possibly, to a goalkeeper that hasn't played in the, the Premier League. Yes, we've got Ben Foster, um, has he really got another season in him in the Premier League? I don't know. Uh, again, might be harsh to say, but I, I'm, I'm just speaking the truth here. So, well, what I think is the truth anyway. Uh, so, yeah, let's hope that one's just paper talk. Um, in terms of another one that we're actually allowing to go out this season, and I, for one, am happy with this. I've seen a few people that aren't, and maybe it's because of the current situation with midfielders, but Watford have actually, according to Sky Sports News, have said... We're going to allow Tom Delibachiri to go out and loan this season and three championship clubs have already shown interest to him. Um, I don't know about you, Ben, but absolutely fine with this. 
go out to the Championship. We saw a glimpse of what he could do last season. Obviously, it didn't quite work out for him with his ACL injury. But I'm more than happy if this happens. Yeah, same likewise. I'm really happy for him to be fit finally. Um, he, he got 60-odd minutes against St Albans the other week where he actually scored, um, which is good for him as well. will help his confidence. Um, but yeah, he... he especially after someone who had such a bad injury last year, you can't really have him on the bench, maybe rotting away. He needs to be playing week in, week out and to go into a championship level, great standard for football for him. And he needs to find a good club and yeah, very happy for him to go. I just hope it's a good club that like play decent football because yeah. um, his passing ability is brilliant. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he possibly ends up. But yeah, very happy about this. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see who those three championship clubs are. Probably the bloody ones that got promoted, weren't it? But um, to be fair, even if I it was Peterborough, you know they play yeah. some nice football, don't they? So Peterborough, Swansea, um, maybe West Brom, Barnsley—they all play the right football, don't they? Really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that any four of those to come in. Maybe Middlesbrough as well. We saw the other day we tweeted that yeah. um, Neil Warnock was actually given a list oh, of yeah. six to seven Watford players um, who are available on loan. Um, and and of course we've just found out that Tom Deli Bashru's actually been made available for loans. So he's on the list for Middlesbrough. So is he going to end up going north? up north to Riverside under Neil Warnock. Possible. They're spending a lot of money this uh, transfer window and they were building a good squad. So that could be a decent move for him as well. It could. And his brother lives up north as well. So he could live with him. Granted, it's a little bit further north because his brother plays for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but well, he's from a Manchester area as well, isn't exactly. he? So he's, he's a northern lad. Mm. Yeah. So, hey, look, we might have just unraveled the transfer live on Voices of the Vic. So, <laughs> if this does happen, we are recording this on Tuesday, the third of August. So, if this, when this comes out on Wednesday, if the transfer has already been confirmed, just saying, me and Ben called it. So, yeah, uh, good, good detective work there, Ben. Uh, a young lad who has gone out and loaned this one is confirmed. I'm again. I'm very, very happy with this. Me and you spoke about this before, Ben, saying that a loan spell would definitely help him. We did say that last season, though, but this season I'm glad he's done it. Um, Dan Phillips. He's actually going to be spending the season on loan at League One Gillingham. Um, I, I absolutely delighted for Dan. Uh, I think he had a few injury problems last season, didn't he, Ben? So um, yeah. it wasn't the best. And I would have been happy for him to maybe play a bit more in the Championship, but I think this will be perfect for Gillingham. Yeah, he's, it's going to be playing under Steve Evans, isn't he? And the former yeah. Rotherham United manager. Very, He's a great character, isn't he? Love him. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be great for him to be playing League One football. That's a really good standard as well. Um, He's, he's featured in about three of their pre-season games, started two and then came off the bench as well. He came off the bench at the weekend and got 20 minutes against Leighton Orient when they actually lost 2-0 to Leighton Orient. So he's, he's getting good minutes under his belt already, so it's great to see. Yeah, absolutely. He's, I think he's playing tonight against Gillingham, if uh, if memory serves Against says Gillingham? Um, oh. Not against <laughs> Gillingham, sorry. Um, I've had a mare there. He's playing tonight against Norwich, uh, if... Oh. if memory serves me correctly uh, I'm pretty sure it was tonight anyway yes it is it kicks off at 8 o'clock so he's not is he quite starting as well uh, I don't know uh, that's something I cannot confirm but yeah I, look, yeah, listen, he's starting he is there we go then yeah. he'll get regular games on there and that's what he needs Ooh, you know is that Norwich as well 
Oh, okay. Maybe he can score against them, sort of rattle them. Um, but yeah, no, look, he'll he'll get regular game time there. So I'm I'm delighted for him, and I think you know that that will benefit or step up, that will benefit him, and I think it will benefit Gillingham as well. So I'm uh, I'm delighted for him. Tough tackling centre mid Dan Phillips there. Um, Another young lad, all young lads going out on loan at the moment, which is what I like to see. Uh, Adam Parks has joined Dover Athletic, uh, and he's actually going to be managed by former Horny Andy Hessenthaler. Um, and he's going to be there for the duration of the, the forthcoming campaign. He spent the very end of last season on loan at the at another National League club, uh, Barnet. It's a bit of a weird one with Adam Parks. He's, he's, listen, we probably we said this about Batman at some stage probably, but he's never going to, I don't think he's ever going to make it at Watford purely because of the amount of goalkeepers that we got. Yet we're still sending him out on loan. It, it reminds me of Alex Jakubiak a little bit and Jerome Sinclair. But again, Ben, he'll get regular game time, so we really can't complain at that, can we? Yeah, no, good move for him as well. Um, I, I like that we're sending all the youngsters out on loan to get good experience. Um, I agree with you as well. I don't really think he's going to break into a Watford side and start regular. We've kind of moved on for those times, isn't it? I think when we was back in the Championship under like Malky Mackay, maybe possibly um, he would have got more of an opportunity, but not now when you're in the Premier League and you're going to be looking for a decent number one goalkeeper. I'm not saying that Adam Parks isn't decent. We've not really seen enough of him to make that judgment, but um, the right call for him is to play um, week in, week out at the conference, which is a good standard for him. Um, I think on his debut, he saved a penalty and they won the game uh, 1-0 as well. So that will do wonders for his confidence. And I'm just pleased that all these youngsters are getting uh, valuable um, minutes under their belts. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, a couple of people have said under 23s, he's no level to be tested at. You know, he, he It's not competitive, is it? No. Well, it is to an extent, but it's not. they're not playing for three points. No. Uh, they're not fighting for promotion, not trying to stay in the division. Um, there's no real cup games. Uh, I know you've got the FA Youth Cup, but let's be honest, it's only the big teams that really benefit out of that. I, I know we had a decent-ish run last year and got knocked out to Newcastle, but you want to be playing proper men's football, don't you? Um, yeah. You want to be playing in front of big crowds. You want to be watching, uh, playing on a Tuesday night far away and seeing the all-way support coming over and like um, chanting your name and that. You're not going to get that in under-23 football, are you? No, definitely not. Um, he will also be playing tonight because um, in three minutes' time as we record this, um, Dover Athletic kick-off against Whitstable Town. So, best of luck to uh, to Adam Parks there. Right, so, as I mentioned, we have got a little bit of... Oh, ooh, before I mention that, actually, before we go on to the next segment, actually, um, just a little bit of news that broke before we just before we started recording. Former Hornet George Byers has joined Sheffield Wednesday um, on on a free... Is it on a free transfer, Ben, from from, uh, from Swansea, or is it on loan? Yes, it, uh, no, free transfer. He's joined him yeah. permanently yeah. after finishing last season. Uh, second half of the season, he joined Portsmouth under Kenny Jacket, and then he ended up losing his job, or did he lose? Or he got he sacked for Kenny health? Jacket, did okay. Oh, he, he had health reasons. Yeah. And then yeah. he ended up uh, getting appointed at Leighton Orient after that, did he? Um, which is a great move for Kenny Jacket. But yeah, yeah. Um, George Bias was at Portsmouth last season, second half of the season. I think he had about 65 appearances for Swansea, uh, which is really good. 
Great standard. Um, scored some cracking goals for him. I think he might have even captained them at a few occasions as well. Um, but yeah, good, good to see him playing for a decent club. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, big, massive club for the um, League One. I know there's, there's a few big clubs in League One, isn't there? Like you've got the likes of Ipswich Town down there as well. Yeah, He's recruited yeah. really well this year as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased for him. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a good move for George. I know he's not one of our players. Some of the people might be listening to this thinking, why the hell are they talking about a player that only made one appearance in 2014-15 season for us? But we like to wish our former Hornets the best and, you know, with, with, with their moves that happen. So, yeah, better luck for George Byers at, at Sheffield Wednesday there. Uh, right, we can. I can definitely now go on to the next segment uh, without getting something wrong there. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we have got something a little bit different this time. Me and Ben, well, it was Ben's idea. I'm not going to take any credit here. We've actually been in touch. With, we've wrote, we've written down a list of uh, some players that we've signed. We obviously couldn't get podcasts of opposition fans from for every player that we've signed. But we've collated a list of players that we've signed. And we've been in touch with their ex-clubs unofficial podcasts like ourselves we're an unofficial what for podcast uh, just to get a little bit of a lowdown on their thoughts on the play out at, with their time at their club and how they think they'll get on uh, we will start with Quadwo Bar uh, we spoke to RochdaleAFC.com podcast to get his view on how he thought Quadwo Bar did at Rochdale and, and what he thinks of Quadwo Bar so Quadro, um, one of the most exciting players I've ever seen in a Rochdale shirt, to be honest. And it's a real shame that we didn't get to see much of him in person. Um, his one of his first games was at Accrington away um, on New Year's Day in twenty twenty, and it was a massive win for us that day against you know kind of a, a relative local rival, and he was fantastic. Um, and from there on in, you could see I think he was still only sixteen at the time. You could see what. A, a talent we had on our hands. Um, unfortunately, some injury issues and some health issues, I think, as well, um, prevented him from kind of getting a, a good run of games in at the end of that season, and that carried on into the start of last season, um, the, the behind-closed-doors season. Um, but once he was fit, um, he he was, he was had a brilliant run of form just before Christmas. Um, scored his first goal with a, a screamer at Wigan, uh, in a five 0 win, and then a couple of weeks after that, we drew four all with with Charlton, and he scored two stunning goals in that game, and, and it, it, that was the kind of game where we realised we weren't going to be keeping hold of him for very long. I think um, Manchester City came in for him, and I think that's when his head was kind of turned a little bit. Um, he, he really struggled in the, the last stages of the season. He did have teams doubling up on him, but I think it's fair to say his head wasn't really in the right place as well. Um, which is kind of understandable when you've got, you know, Premier League clubs interested and and clubs from on the continent as well by all accounts. So um, it, it's a shame that we only really saw little tiny bursts here and there of what Quadro um, is capable of doing. But I think he has incredible raw talent. Um, he's very quick. He can stand a defender up and skin them within a, a moment's notice. Um, got a lethal shot on him. Uh, likes to likes to be a little bit tricky. There was a lovely bit of skill he did at Gillingham, um, but he, he, there are there are definite things he needs to work on. He's he's pretty petulant. Um, he's given away a lot of fouls and 
Picked up quite a few bookings just for silly little things like holding on to the ball after giving away a free kick or there was in that game at Gillingham, um, he was booked when, when he was subbed off because he was pretending to clap an imaginary crowd, time-wasting as, as we were leading narrowly. Um, and also, I think he's guilty at times of holding on to the ball for too long. Um, what, that seemed to be something that we were working on, trying to get him to kind of suck defenders in towards him and then and then release the ball. And as he was doing that, he was getting better at that. But then um, his form kind of suffered at the end of the season and, and we suffered as a result as well, to be honest. But I think most Dale fans realised he wasn't going to be sticking around for too long and, and, and will be kind of looking out for his career. Um, and, and hopefully he can go on and have a really good career in the game. And, and he'll remember, you know, making his, his first few league appearances at Dale. So really, really interesting uh, to hear that there, Ben. You know, just to reel off a couple of, you know, things that he said, which I think is, is definitely worth noting. He's, you know, he said he's one of the most exciting players he's seen in a Rochdale shirt. Um, you know, he he's very cr- uh, quick, raw talent, lethal shot. I think he said, you know, Charlton game was where he really thought, wow, this this kid's got it. Um, but he did also say and. and you know, it's interesting to hear from the club that he's not going to be going out on loan this season, which I thought he would. But a few things which I think maybe needs fixing and might come with maturity. You know, um, he had his head turned when City were interested in him. Who wouldn't? Um, he had injury and health issues which stopped stopped him from getting a run of games, which obviously would have helped with his experience. Uh, but he was giving away silly yellow cards. You know, he was giving away a lot of fouls, holds onto the ball a little bit too long. You know, one of the silly cards he picked up, as he mentioned there, was he, he I think they were playing Gillingham, it was, uh, and he went to applaud the crowd, even though there was no crowd there and took his time going off. Obviously, those things come with maturity, but it's it's a it's a decent enough review from a from rochdaleafc.com podcast there Ben are you looking forward to seeing Quadway Bar in a Watford shirt and and do you think he'll get much game time? Um, I think he would only really get league cup appearances at the moment, um, but I am excited by the signing. Um, I do like what we've done here. Um, it was easy, like last last episode. It was us um, dissecting for moves and that. But to be honest, we don't really know much about these play, um, players. Um, we didn't watch them week in week out, so it was great for us to get the opposition fans on to actually give us a lowdown and give us a bit more information. So I've I've really enjoyed listening to it and and to find a Rochdale podcast as well. Um, I, I know you managed to do that one, so top draw for you, mate. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, looking forward to seeing Quadro Bar. Um, very lively um, guy. He's got a shot on him as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him at the Vic. Yeah, definitely. And just to say as well, I should have said this at the top. Obviously, me and Ben have already had our say on these transfers and we've we've spoke more in depth about these what we think uh, of the signing so we're not going to be going into great deal uh, of, of detail because we've already done that on a previous podcast which is available to listen to as always this is more to see what their old clubs uh, fans thought of them so at least we get a little bit of a feel uh, uh, as to what it might be as a fan to watch this sort of player so yeah just just to mention that and the next player which again we're probably not expecting to get much game time, although he's got a fair decent amount of game time in pre-season and he's also scored as well. He set up Ken Semmer uh, on Tuesday night at Stevenage and I tell you what, that was a brilliant cross as well, may I add. Mm. Um, we spoke to the Borough Breakdown podcast to 
get their lowdown on Ashley Fletcher. So Ashley Fletcher came to Middlesbrough um, in a £7 million deal in the summer of 2017. Um, and it was an exciting time for Borough, really, even though we got relegated uh, from the Premier League in the previous season. Um, we brought in Britt, we brought in Martin Braithwaite, we had a Adama at the club, we had uh, Patrick Bamford leading the line as well. And Fletcher was really brought in to bring a lot of competition for places, but then also give Borough so much fighting power going forward. Um, but it just never really materialised for Fletcher at the time. and He ended up going out on loan in the January to Sunderland uh, for the remainder of the season because I think he only played, I think he scored one goal in 16. Um, and then I think he ended up scoring two at Sunderland. But he became he came back a, a much better player, someone who was a lot more confident in his abilities. Um, but his best season for me, I think, was under Jonathan Woodgate. And Woodgate really changed the way that Fletcher was playing. And Fletcher started to get the ability of playing with his back to goal rather than just being a more of a poacher, really a poacher type striker. Um, but what he was able to do there was he was allowed to bring more players into the game. Um, Boris started to create a little bit more chances, but unfortunately for Fletcher, he just wasn't as clinical as we wanted him to be. I think he only scored 19 goals for us in just under 100 games. So for, for Watford fans, I don't think he's going to be a clinical striker, but what I think he can do is bring att- your attacking players into the game and allow you to create more chances. Um, I'm pretty gutted that he's probably he's left Middlesbrough actually, and he, he's went to Watford. I actually really liked him, although he wasn't as clinical. Um, he helped Middlesbrough get forward. He helped us. He helped us tick and create chances. And unfortunately, I think money talks. Really, money in the Premier League talks. I think his five year deal for what for five year at Watford is absolutely bizarre. I can't believe he's got that that move. To be honest, but. He is a good player. I think Watford fans will really like him. And I don't think he'll be a 20-goal season striker. I think he's more five or six, you know, contribute uh, to the wider team. But all in all, good player. He's just not very clinical. So, yeah, but pretty much what, what we expected to hear, he, he, he didn't say he was the most clinical of strikers. We're not expecting him to play much this season. And like you've just said about Quadro Barr, probably going to be expecting him to see... You know, expecting to see him maybe in cup games, the odd game here and there, maybe as a sub. Um, he, the the gentleman from Borough Breakdown Pods, actually said that he, he perhaps thinks he might chip in with five or six goals. He's certainly not going to get us, say, 15, 20 goals a season. Uh, I think we were expecting that, Ben. But what he did say was he, he, he did bring players in. Uh, he did help, you know, Borough create more attacking chances. He did help bring the attacking players in. So maybe when Ashley Fletcher does play... Uh, we we might see that sort of side of uh, side of things, and and maybe so because he's got another crack at the Premier League, which let's be honest, I don't know if he was expecting he was going to get again. Um, but pretty much what we expected to hear, wasn't it, Ben, from about Ashley Fletcher? It was, but I was I was a little bit surprised as well. Um, he seems to do more than just be a nuisance in the box. Um, yeah. I, I know he's not a great clinical striker, which he he, he said numerous times, but. Mm-hmm. He, like you say, he brings other players into play, he creates chances, he works hard for his side. Um, I wasn't really expecting to hear that, so that was quite encouraging because um, yeah. we kind of need more from our strikers, don't we? Yeah. Than just stick the ball in the back of the net. Um, so I think it would be a good option to maybe have off the bench and in the cup games. Um, it's good to hear everything he's just said. Um, he was very surprised that he got a big money move to Watford as, <laughs> as well as maybe Ashley Fletcher was um, yeah. and, and all the Watford fans. But yeah, um, I'm maybe a bit more hopeful for Ashley Fletcher after hearing that. 
Yeah, and uh, we, we maybe saw a glimpse of it. I thought that, that cross he put in for Ken Semmer at Stevenage was brilliant. You know, if, if he's yeah, put his crosses like position, that. Playing yeah, that exactly. on the left and great, great cross. Uh, get the ball out of his foot, delivered a great cross into the box and Semmer headed it in. But yeah, great to see. Um, versatility that's shown in, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, look, we're not expecting him to play, you know, 20, 30 games next season, but maybe Ashley Fletcher will have a point to prove when he does get the opportunity. So, who knows? We we shall see. Uh, the next player on the list for us uh, was a player who's already familiar to Vicarage Road. He had a loan spell with us uh, back in 2008-09 season or 09-10 season, I think it was. Uh, Danny Rose, uh, we spoke to a gentleman from the podcast, The Fighting Cock, um, to get the lowdown on Danny Rose. For a long time, Danny Rose was a fan favourite of Spurs. He did almost everything you, he was asked of him. You know, he played left back, he played left wing back. And, you know, for the first part of his career at Tottenham, he struggled. He didn't look like he was quite, you know, up to up to scratch. And then Pochettino came in and there was that famous interview or famous to Spurs fans where he said to Danny Rose, if you trust me, if you do as you do as I tell you to do, I will make you England's first choice le- left back. And bearing in mind, this is a time where Danny Rose wasn't even playing for Spurs, let alone England. The idea was crazy, but he did exactly what Pochettino said, and he turned him into I, what I believe was the best left back in the country, or left wing back in the country at that time. If you you might remember, Spurs had. Walker on one side and Danny Rose on another and this game against Aston Villa he was the furthest forward out of all of our players and he started the game as left back so that's how how useful and how important he was to Pochettino's system um, you know so he was always there he always give it the, his all and for me I, I thought that he was going to go on and become Tottenham captain because he for, for for a long time he was the, the voice on the pitch he, 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 he if someone was not pulling their weight, he'd be the one that th- at their throat first. If um, Danny Rowe, if Deli Ali rather missed the sitter as he did against, I can't remember it was maybe Leeds or Stoke. We were three 0 up. Deli Ali went round the keeper and hit the post, and he was giggling to himself because the game was won. But Danny Rose was furious at him. That was the kind of mentality he had, and remains, and you know, still has. So he is. Um, he was a you know a fan's favourite. The issue he had, um, and why he polarised some fans in the latter part of his Tottenham career, is that um, you know he spoke out about the way the club conducted their business, and it you know it wound some people up the wrong way. I didn't really have an issue with it. I don't think I actually quite admired the way he um, you know he handled himself and always spoke his mind. Um, but yeah, you know, as soon as Pochettino's time was done, it was clear that Mourinho didn't fancy him and, um, his career began to curtail. He had some injuries, uh, his body got out of shape pretty quickly and then you saw he went on loan, I think to Newcastle and he looked so out of shape. Um, but if you can get a dedicated Danny Rose playing at the top of these, you know, you know, peak physical condition then you've got a good player there. Um, it's just if you can get that out of him and whether or not mentally he's there. If you do, then you've got a leader on the pitch. You've got a good technically sound left back 
and you've got a player who who can still take a take a player on. Um, but uh, he definitely, as we you know, as, as, as is obvious, in in the twilight of his career, and it's all about his motivation. That's what you get of him. And if he doesn't get, um, yeah, you know, if he doesn't get his his head straight, then you might have some frustrations. It's a gamble, but on a free, it's really a no brainer. Really, you can't lose. So yeah, Ben, really, really interesting. Though some of the stuff he said, I, do you know what? I wasn't quite expecting him to say. You know, the the fact that he was a fan favourite for Spurs for so long, played left back, right back, left wing. Um, you know, the the gentleman we spoke to, there was claims of him being the left best left back in the country at one stage. Um, you know, in, in, with his point of view, um, things we 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 sort of knew were going to be the case in terms of you know he's had injuries, uh, he's looked out of shape, but let's not forget as well he has also suffered with mental health, which will have a massive massive effect on that. But um, the the thing that really really interests me, Ben, is the natural leader claims uh, and and the story that that the that we just heard there from that podcast where Delhi Ali Mr. Sitter. Um, and he sort of laughed at himself because the game was already won. But Rose was furious because, obviously, he wanted to win. The more leaders we have on the pitch, obviously, a few people aren't expecting Troy to play. Perhaps don't want Troy to play this season. We know Troy's a natural leader. Uh, we've got some real leaders on the pitch already. And it sounds like, Ben, Danny Rose is definitely going to be one to add to that natural leader list, doesn't it? Yeah, no, definitely he is. Um... It, it's a gamble, and the guy said it from the fighting cock. Um, it is a gamble, but it, it's a gamble worth uh, taking for Watford. Um, I think the leadership qualities is what we need to add to that back line. I know Trucy Con added to it last year, and that was just what we needed. But if we can add another experienced head to that back line, then brilliant. Um, it's interesting to say that it was more how Danny Rose's head was at to see how he performed. Um, and it was good to see that he performed really well under Pochettino. I think he kind of needs a shoulder rounding, doesn't he? And Pochettino is that kind of manager um, where he said from the day one that I can make you the best left back in England um, and the Premier League. And I think Cisco is quite similar to Pochettino, um, where he's a manager that puts an arm around a shoulder and will get the best out of you as well. He'll show you love, and I think that's what Danny Rose needs at the moment. He needs to be shown that he's wanted here and that we're going to love him uh, yeah. as well. Um, I must say, I don't like the criticism that he's got on Watford Twitter lately. Um, there's just idiots, isn't there? There's always idiots in the fan yeah. base. Um, just making points of his weight and that, um, like you said, he's a guy who's battled with mental health over the last few years. Um, he, he doesn't need to know that we think he's maybe overweight. Um, that's that's him to deal with. Um, it's not for people to point at him and say, oh, look at him, he's, he's a bit overweight, he's a bit fat. No, yeah. just leave him alone. You can see why he isn't on social media Um because he, he just wants positive vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, so just wanted to make that clear as well. Um, no, yeah, I think it, you're right to say that. Yeah, it's just stupid, isn't it? You don't need that. I, I hate people like that. It's it's unnecessary. It's just stop. Yeah, and listen, I, I get that, you know, you pointing out players that might look like they've put on a, a bit of weight since pre-season, but with the history that we know that Danny Rose has had, it's well documented. He's had issues with mental health. Um 
believe me, that can take toll on, on your weight. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go into a whole preaching session here, but believe me that, and I'm sure many people know that already. Uh, I, I think the fact does as well. Yes, he might look like he's put on a bit of weight, but it sounds to me... He still um, looks in good in shape. He, he still looks if like anything, he's, he's I think he's maybe well. bulked up a bit, just like what Choi's done before in the past. Yeah, like Luke Shaw as well. He... he, he bulked up a bit and yeah uh, yeah so he, exactly so look he, how good Luke Shaw performed for England he's, he's not a skinny left back is he he's, no. he bulked up on the upper body um, exactly what um, Danny Rose has I think what doesn't help Danny Rose is he, he tends to wear really tight clothing as well which maybe makes him look bigger than what he actually is um, yeah. but also whilst we're on the topic of Danny Rose Watched that little interview he did with Ben Foster oh, on the uh, cycling GK. Um, Foster sat down with him and actually asked him questions about his time at Spurs and mental health and that Jose Mourinho incident as well. Um, yeah. And Ben Foster says before he interviewed him, said you would change your opinion on Danny Rose um, yeah. after this interview. And yeah, I, I can speak for myself. I definitely look at him in a different light than what I did beforehand. Yeah, I, I I just want to say something on that, that Jose Mourinho incident. And look, people will have their own opinions. They'll form their own opinions, which you're absolutely entitled to do. Um, a lot of people thought he was quite arrogant after that scene with Jose Mourinho. I was speaking to a mate of mine at the weekend about it, actually. He, he spoke to me about it. And I've not got a problem with it. If a player's not playing and he's kicking up a fuss, wanting to know why he's not playing when other players maybe aren't playing as well, I look at that and I think, so many players in that position, especially in this day and age, would just be like, yeah, I'm a bit peed off that I'm not playing, but I'm still getting paid X amount of money per week and they'll sadly sit on the bench sort of thing. Danny Rose shows that he wants to be playing at every opportunity and I think that's a dying breed of players nowadays. So I, I didn't have a problem with the way that he was with Jose Mourinho. He was a player that wasn't getting played in a team that weren't perhaps in the best of form at the time and he simply wanted to know why he wasn't being played. I have no problem with that. It shows that he wants to put on a shirt and play every week. So I, I personally did not have a problem with that. So yeah, that, that's all I wanted to say on that matter. But as I say, people well within their right to... to maybe form a different opinion on that, but that, that's my, my view on it as well. Um, the next player on the list is Josh King. Uh, yes, we did speak to a Bournemouth podcast. Listen out to when he calls us a Premier League team, because he couldn't say that about his own team. I'm going to get his name <laughs> right this time as well, because we actually had this gentleman on before, um, on, on last season, and I got his name wrong, and I only noticed the week after. Um, and, yeah, I felt terrible. Uh, not too terrible, because he's a Bournemouth fan. So, yeah, hopefully he doesn't listen back to this. Um, Sam Davies from Back of the Net podcast uh, speaks to us about his opinion and uh, on Josh King and his time at Bournemouth. Josh King then, interesting one. On his day, he's unplayable, but sometimes it felt like he just didn't have many days. For Bournemouth, I thought he was a solid player and has left perhaps with a very neutral opinion from Cherry's fans and his stats and his goals over the first part of his Cherry career have probably dug him out. He didn't leave in the best way because whilst he stayed on in the championship after relegation, his form wasn't particularly the best and he 
kept on getting left out for reasons that most Bournemouth fans didn't really believe, which signalled to many that he's got a bit of an attitude problem. And look, he's a player that wanted away from Bournemouth, but can you blame him? He tasted the Premier League, he wanted to get back to the Premier League, and he had to settle for little old Bournemouth in the Championship. Now that he's at a Premier League club again, I think he'll do well. And look, when Callum Wilson was out with his first ACL injury, Josh King had to step up to the plate and he did incredibly well. And he's a player that can be very versatile. He's played up front, but also he can play out wide as well. Now, Eddie often used him on one of the wings as well. And that would be with Callum Wilson up front. But in the end, he sort of went with Callum playing alongside Josh. And it kind of worked and they had quite a partnership. But I'll tell you what he is. He's he's fast, he's pacey, he's tricky. And... He's he's a player that sometimes looks like he's out of games, but all of a sudden can come to life with a with a run or a shot that will be on target and then his game starts to improve. So very much a confidence player in many ways, but I, I would maybe not confidence. Maybe it's kind of he he needs to believe his own hype. So he needs to get on the ball. He needs to perform a trick or a move that comes off and then he'll play with the confidence that that will produce. And look for Bournemouth, I think he's he's a player that really could have left with a much better feeling from the fans. However, like I say, his stats dug him out and he had a great Premier League season and he knows how to find the back of the net. Put him on pens, he'll be absolutely fine. But in Josh King, you've got a good striker that, yeah, certainly off the bench, he'll do he'll do wonders for you, but he'll be wanting to start. So uh, just watch this space. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll do well for you. So, yeah, Ben... Uh... He was always going to get. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say glowing review. You know, saying on his days unplayable, but he perhaps didn't have many of his days. Um, you know, a few things to pick out from what he said can be versatile. Can play out wide. How often used him out wide on one of the wings, but also used him up with with Callum Wilson as well. Uh, fast, pacey, tricky. Um, but. What worries me a little bit is, and especially with the lack of game time he had at the back end the last season with Everton. Um, he, he sort of needs to believe in his own hype. So that that worries me a little bit, but he can all of a sudden come to life in a game and that's when he's going to start to improve. Um, but that that one season he had with, with Bournemouth where he scored 16 goals in the Premier League, um, I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what um, Josh King can do. And again, a few mates of mine have said, that signing of Josh King is a very, very good signing. I, I'm, I'm really, really excited to see what Josh King can do for us this season. Yeah, likewise, mate. Um, I, I love the versatility of him. I like that he's got pace. Um, I can see him maybe playing out on the left-hand side yeah. at some point in this season. If he, if Cisco wanted to play Troy through the middle in in a four-three-three, and then maybe Josh King on the left, and then maybe when we're attacking, maybe turn it into more of a two up top. Um, but yeah, um, I, I like I like it. Um, we've heard it so many times this before, haven't we, with professional footballers that footballers. They, they perform on confidence, don't they? Yeah. And Josh King fits that mould. Um, he, he plays better when he's high on confidence, but that's what happens to strikers. Um, yeah. When you score goals, you're going to be buzzing. If, if you don't score goals, you're going to be struggling and maybe looking for that next 
next goal that maybe comes off your backside and goes in to give you a little <laughs> bit of confidence. What are you um, talking about there, man? <laughs> uh, no names. Um, yeah. Probably probably the guy who's on the bench for the under-18s tonight at Kings Langley. Is he really? Uh, yeah, he is. Hey, um, to be fair, he's only just got back from uh, America with, with Jamaica, but gosh, wow. Yeah, yeah. how a mighty have fallen. Eh? <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, I'm excited by Josh King. Um, I just hope we give him the game time that he can maybe perform for Watford. I think yeah. I feel like if he's going to be a bit part player, we're not going to see the best out of him. If he plays week in, week out, that's where we're going to see Josh King at his best. Yeah, I think if if we're going to see him week in, week out, I think it's going to be on the wing. Um, yeah, I because, don't see it through the middle. No, I don't see it through the middle at all. So, yeah, just as well, as Sam said a minute ago, um, he can play on the wing, and that's where how often use him as well. I'd like to see him through the middle, but I don't think um, Cisco would maybe be brave enough to play him through the middle um, yeah. over Troy. Do you, you think Troy will be playing through the middle? I, I honestly do, yeah. Um, yeah. Club captain... Um, with, I think it's been said about Troy before, he kind of has a bit of a presence behind the scenes. Not that he's saying, you've got to play me. I feel like officials have, they feel like they have to play him without Troy asking to be played. Um, so I, I, I see Troy starting the first game of the season against Villa. And why wouldn't you start oh, Troy yeah, against Villa, Villa when he's got a great record as well? I was thinking about this earlier. That's one game he gets himself, well, two games, home and away. But that's why he's looking so good in pre-season, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. He's bound to score, hopefully he is anyway, because it'll give me some bragging rights early. Doors. I just I, With Troy, I just want to see him in the box a bit more. Yeah, um, I agree. For me, for a striker, you need to get in that six-yard box. Um, I don't see that enough from Troy Deeney. I don't see him bursting the gut to get on the end of things. I see him coming a bit too deep sometimes. Just a bit like, like Harry Kane at Tottenham. I've just a, yeah, took the words out of my mouth, um, <laughs> but with less quality. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you off with that one because we are talking about Harry Kane. Um, next player on the list is Matty Pollock. We spoke to Alex from the DN35 podcast uh, to get the lowdown on Matty Pollock and his time at Grimsby and, and what to expect. Yeah, afternoon, everybody. Um, so glad to see that Matty Pollock has finally got a, an opportunity elsewhere. He's been looked at by a number of clubs over a couple of seasons now, and um, he's always stood head and shoulders above most of the young defenders we've had come through. And he's probably the one with the most talent since Ryan Bennett, who um, was playing for Wolves and Leicester and alike. Um, he's a really strong guy. Uh, very well built and has really matured. Obviously, we had uh, a pretty terrible season uh, and I don't think he'll have been impressed with his performances at times. But as you can imagine, it was pretty disjointed given the the um, <laughs> the uh, the mayhem that ensued. Um, he's very rangy. He'll be able to head the ball away for a mile. Your stalwart lower league defender. Um, he's probably missing a yard of pace. Uh, but considering his age, He's really grown, and especially given the adverse circumstances in which he's had to develop his skills, um, he'll really suit well in an environment where he'll be able to be offered some uh, nurturing skills and, and support from older and more experienced players. Um, he can come up with a, a good goal and is a really valuable asset in set pieces. He was, up until March, our leading goal scorer. 
after having been injured in uh, February. And that's another thing uh, to be careful of. He has just come back from an injury. I'm not sure how serious it was, but he did have to have a uh, a bit of a, uh, an operation on it. Uh, but he's a, he was delight he was a delight to watch and to to grow as a player and we're really happy that he's been given an opportunity higher up the leagues um, and um, hopefully with a, a nursing a nursing arm around his shoulder he'll be able to really perform for you and, and to uh, to sort of offer something back. Expect him to be quite vocal in defence. Expect him to be um, really. Um, aware of his lines and he's, uh, he's a natural leader in the team um, and he's going to be a really good asset if he gets given that support he's needing. So another uh, another glowing report there, Ben. Um, you know, it's it's really, really fascinating to hear from all these different podcasts on, on the player that we've just signed from their club and it, it's sounding so far so good. You know, he was Matty Pollock looked at by a number of clubs, most talented at Grimsby since Ryan Bennett and you know, I'd say Ryan Bennett went on to have an established Premier League career. I, I, I think that's safe to say. Or, or maybe not an established Premier League career, but an established career at a decent enough level. Um, so that, that's that's decent to hear. Um, valuable asset at set pieces. Again, decent to hear. We probably haven't had that since Craig Dawson. And yes, don't come at me in my mentions. Craig Dawson, Craig Dawson was a valuable asset at set pieces. Um and expecting him to be vocal, aware of his lines, and again, a natural leader, uh, even though he's only a young lad. The things that do worry me a little bit, Ben, he's possibly lacking a yard of pace, and he's not come—he's not long come back from an injury where he had to have minor surgery. So those two things do worry me a little bit. Um, I know we've already spoken about this on previous podcasts, Ben, but do you see him getting much game time? I think he's played in one friendly so far. It was the... Gold Colchester one I think he played in the, the second half so he's not really been involved much in pre-season by the sounds of it um, don't really see him getting much game time like I've said about Barr it's just going to be League Cup appearances if it yeah. is anything um, I think the best for him would be go out on loan especially just like the Tom Delibashu situation getting having a, a, an injury an operation on an injury, you kind of want to be playing week in, week out the next season to try and get yourself back up to the standard you were before. Um, so my preference would be to send him out on loan, especially if we're looking at another centre-half now, which maybe would free up the possibility of sending Pollock out on loan. Yeah, it'd be interesting to, to see what happens with Pollock. And, um, you know, he's obviously one for the future. Uh, young, vocal, sort of no-nonsense lower league centre-back, which I, I really like those sort of moulds of players. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with Matty. Um, so massive thanks to Alex from the DN35 podcast for that. And then last but certainly not least, Peter Etebo. We heard from Ben from the YYY Files, uh, and that name probably will ring a bell with a few listeners of this podcast because, again, we spoke to Ben last season uh, when we played Stoke. And this is what he had to say about the loanee from Stoke with a view to a permanent move. Hey up guys, my name is Ben. I'm from Stoke City Podcast, the YYY Files. And I'm here to give you a Stoke City insight on Peter Tabo, who we've let go on loan to you guys, Watford, for the season. With an option to buy as well, I believe. So, Peter Tabo, his time here has been a bit of an enigma, really. When he joined, we just got relegated from the Premier League to the Championship, and we were assembling a super squad, trying to get back. Um, and on paper, it was a super squad. A Tabo was 
part of that excitement. Um, one thing he signed for us for five million quid. The next thing you know, he was playing against Messi in the World Cup for Nigeria, and that was incredibly exciting. Watching him basically mark Messi um, out of World Cup games was really exciting to see. Uh, he joined Stoke, and under Gary Rower, he played basically every minute of every game as part of a really good midfield we had at Stoke. Um, and then he was sacked, and Nathan Jones came in, and Deteba became... He was still a fixture within the squad, but he was more of a... Not a bit part player, but he didn't feature quite as often in the team. Um, I think he just was unsettled. Um, due to the fact that he expected Stoke to be playing so well and getting back to the Premier League, we weren't doing that at all. Quite the opposite, in fact. Um, and then by the time Nathan Jones got sacked a year and a half after Atebo signed for us, um, Atebo basically threw in the towel and said, "Like, look, I'm I'm calling my time on my career at Stoke, and I want to go and seek opportunities elsewhere." Michael O'Neill came in and agreed with him. Um, wasn't the right fit for a Michael O'Neill team and let him go on loan and that's where he has been since um, he's not torn the world apart out on loan to be honest and I'm not even going to go as far to say that we've missed him but I do miss the attributes that he can bring to a football team he's an energetic midfielder and he's got a good eye for goal as well it seems to and a good eye for a pass at that as well um, if you're missing a link between defence and attack you certainly have that with the Tabo, and if you can get the best out of him, you've got one of the best players with the ball at his feet in midfield, potentially, definitely in the championship, maybe, you know, around those teams where you're going to be in the Premier League too. So if you can get him playing back to how he was when we were first looking at him, he's a great player. Questions around his attitude again because of how he left the club and how he decided he didn't want to play for Stoke anymore pretty much. Um... But he's not alone. There's been loads of players like that down at Stoke. So hopefully he comes good for you guys, for you and for us. Because it sounds like you've got a buyout clause on him. So if he does play well, hopefully you keep him and we get a little bit of money as well. Um, so yeah, basically, if you've not seen him already play for you guys, one to watch out for for sure. He's an exciting player if you can get him playing. All the best for the rest of the season. I'll be keeping an eye on you and him. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. So yeah, Ben, uh, some good bits, some bad bits. Uh, it, it sounds like we've got a bit of a character on our hands. You know, played well under Rower, played every minute as part of a good midfield. Uh, energetic midfielder, all for goal, all for a pass. Great at linking the defence and attack. Great with his ball at the feet. He said, um, you know, he's possibly, when he sort of knuckles down and, and with the ball at his feet, he's probably one of the best midfielders in the championship yes we're not in the championship but still a a good sort of tag to have on um you know one to watch out for but the things that unnerve me a little bit possible attitude problems you know became unsettled when stoke weren't achieving what he wanted um and then you know when nathan jones left uh, he sort of threw in the towel and said look this isn't for me so if things aren't going great is it possible that he could just throw his toys out the pram and say, I don't want to be, especially with him being on loan? Um, it's going to be an interesting one. But from what I've heard, Ben, some some decent reviews of his performance against West Brom um, the, a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah, I heard he warmed into the game. He started slowly, but as the game went on, um, he, he, he got better. Um, maybe one of our better players that day. Um, it, it just seems from the Stoke fan that 
he possibly downed tools on him, didn't he? Um, yeah, that's what worries me. I don't think he he would maybe do it at Watford because it's a loan move and it's, it's a view for a permanent transfer at the end of it. So he'll be coming here looking for a permanent transfer and end up getting like a decent wage out of it. Um, it's going to be interesting, but maybe if we're fighting for relegation or if we're relegated, say by like April time, it'll possibly down tools because he knows he's not going to be playing in the Premier League next season and his loan wouldn't probably be... Uh, made permanent so it's another one where it's maybe a bad egg coming in through the door just like Emmanuel Dennis have all got disciplinary <laughs> problems um, yeah. but maybe with, with the right manager who with Cisco who's a is a really lovable character he tends to get the best out of players and show them that they're wanted and loved so maybe we, we might see the best out of uh, uh, Big Peter that is the hope. That is the hope and the prayer. Um, so thanks to all those guys. Uh, as I say, uh, we had the Rochdale AFC podcast. We had Borough Breakdown. We had the Fighting Cock. We had Back of the Net. We had DN35 podcast. And we had the YYY Files. Um, so massive, massive thanks to those guys for coming on and having their view. There'll be tagged in our pod in our tweet about this podcast so make sure you go and check those guys out right now for the last bit of the show uh, and hopefully some entertaining views here from myself and ben it's our predictions so what i'm going to do is i'm going to read out uh, in fact i'll tell you what we'll do we'll take it sort of category by category so the first category, and I just want to say as well, a massive thanks to Ben for putting all this together. Um, you sort of saved me massively uh, with, with some of these topics. Like I say, there's some serious ones, and then there's some not-so-serious ones, but sort of funny ones as well. So we're looking forward to getting stuck into these. Like I say, this is just a bit of fun. These are mine and Ben's predictions for the season, and we've got a few categories to ra- uh, rattle through, uh, and that will then be the end of the show. So hopefully it's been an enjoyable show for you guys again uh, you know you always sort of giving us a tweet to say how you've enjoyed the show we on the last podcast we actually gained a few new listeners and and they said they enjoyed it so if you're here again thank you for listening we really really do appreciate it but let's get it started with the predictions um first one it's probably the most obvious one ben we'll start with you your top goal scorer for this season is Oh, Ismail Asar. I thought you was going to say that. And I don't, I don't yeah. think we've got a striker that's going to start week in, week out where he's going to get bad goals. Um, I don't think. I think we might chip and change between Troy Deeney and Josh King. So I don't think they're going to play enough games from the start to maybe get top goal scorer where Saar's going to play week in, week out. So that's why I'm going to go for Saar on that one. See, I'm a little bit different. I do think we might chop and change a little bit. I do even sort of think slash worry that we might even change formation. But I'm actually going to go, and I'm surprised you didn't say this, Chucho Hernandez. I think he's going to hit the ground running in the Premier League. So I'm going to go Chucho Hernandez, the South uh, South American, South African, South American. uh, He's not Nigerian, mate. No, he's not. not, (laughs) Um, Thank God. Yeah. He's, um, I, I think the South American boy is going to light it up. So he's my top goal scorer for this season. Um, he's definitely one to watch this season, isn't he? Oh, mate. I, do you know what? I cannot wait to see him play. Like, do you know, my main worry was, and 
I suppose it might not have had to have been such of a worry because we're in the Premier League. You know, when we saw Luis Suarez, I was really excited to see what he could do. Like I thought, if he'd stayed in the Premier League um, in the Championship, he'd have ripped it up. Yes. Um, but and then he left, and then Purvis is stooping on as well. Uh, he left. I was really excited for those players. I, at one stage, gave up on the hope I've ever seen Chucho Hernandez playing a Watford shirt because he's another one of these players who he's been. He's actually been at the club. Like we signed him a, a, couple, a fair few seasons ago, if memory serves me correctly. Um, and then you know he, he's he spent a lot of sort of years out on loan uh, at, at various different clubs. So I did worry a little bit at some stage that he, he might never sort of make an appearance for Watford. Uh, I'm just checking here. We actually signed him from Granada in 2017. Fast forward four years, we're actually seeing him put on a Watford shirt and he's still 22 years old as well. So I think he's going to be top goal scorer this season. I will go on the next one. I'm going to steal your answer for this one, Ben. Um, most assists, if we keep hold of Saar, Saar all day. Can you imagine, right, Saar putting those balls into Josh King, um, Chucho Hernandez, just with the players that we got, I think Saar's going to have a field day. Who's yours? I'm going to be different. I'm going to go for Ken Semmer. Mm. King Kang on the left-hand side. Do you um, think, it, Ben, he will get much game time this season? I think he's going to stop the season being our first-choice left-handed, um, left left-side midfield. Okay. Um, it's just whether he can perform week in, week out. Yeah. If 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 he can play at the same standard that he did last season, then there's no no question that he can't go the whole season playing in that position. Yeah. And that's why I'm going to go for him to have the most assists this season. Okay. Okay. We'll uh, we'll we'll keep chopping and changing as opposed to who who answers. So because I answered this one, you can go first on the next one. We don't have Jose Holobas anymore, so you can automatically <laughs> cross this one off. Most yellow cards, Ben? I think we're probably both going to go for the same play here. Um, go on. It's got to be Serialta, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you know what? I, I think Serialta. Do you know what, though? I think Truce to Kong, because we, we saw, a, saw a few flaws in his games in the uh, in, in, floor in his game in the Championship, you know, in terms of sloppy passing and all that. And I, I think that Truce to Kong might get caught out a couple of times this season, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be different, just to be different, Ben. And it's not to say I don't agree, but just to be different, I'm gonna go with Truce to Kong. But I totally understand why you've gone for okay. CRL today. Um, first, what for player to see red? <laughs> we've we've not long talked about him, Ben. I'm going Peter Etterbun. Really? Okay. Yeah, that's, he's a bit of a hothead, isn't he? He's a bit of a hothead by the sounds of it. He is a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go for Christian Cavaselli because he's oh, got so many Jesus. errors in his game. <laughs> yeah, and knowing my luck, it'll bring back flashbacks of when I was sat in the away end at Goodison Park and he'd give away that stupid free kick on the edge of the area in the last minute and they scored and we drew 2-2 and it felt like we'd lost. Uh, that was a game where we took the inflatable... Well, I didn't take one, but inflatable snakes were taken because of... Uh, Silver. That, I think that was Silver's first game against Watford since leaving Watford. So, yeah, that was gutting. But Cabaselli, I can see that. You know, picked up a red card at Norwich in the first win of 1920. And God, we bloody took our time about getting that first win. So, yeah, um, good shout, I think, Ben. Highest scoring midfielder at the end of the season, Ben. Who are you going for? 
Are we are we counting this Sar as, as an attacker or is he a midfielder? Ooh, he knows an attacker. In a four three three, he's an attacker. He, he, he'll play as an attacker. Okay, in that case, Tom Cleverley. Mm. Do you think he'll get much games on this season? Yeah, I think he's, if we play the three in the midfield, I think he's going to be the one playing most advanced, possibly. Um, okay, okay. I think Tom Cleverley has to start in the Premier League for us. He gave so much last year for us. Mm-hmm. He, he, he He's the one who sets the tempo, isn't he? Um, yeah. So he has to start for me. And, and when Troy was out the side, he took over as a captain and led by example as well, just like Chalaba did when he came in as well. Yeah. Absolutely outstanding. So for me... Um, Midfield free for me personally. I know we're not talking about formations or anything yet, but I would go Etebo, Loser, and Cleverly. Um, that's based on us not talking about the two people who haven't signed contracts yet. Yes, that's very true. Well, that's a very, very interesting one. Um, also, guys, just whilst I'm rattling through these, um, if you just make a note of the topics and maybe write yours down. Feel free to send them in to us and, you know, it'll be interesting. We'll obviously retweet them and share them. It'll be interesting to see who you guys, who you guys are, are picking for, top goal scorers and everything else. So just, just to get a bit of a wider range. So make sure you drop us a tweet with, with certain... Even if you want to send us a tweet with just, just certain predictions, not every prediction on this list, but it'll be interesting to see your guys' view as well. As always, we want to get you guys involved as much as we can. Uh, I'm going to go... Um, I'm stuck. I'm stuck between two players. I think if Philip Zinkenagel plays a, a, a regular part this season, I think Philip Zinkenagel will, will be the, the highest goal scoring midfield uh, midfielder. Sorry, if he doesn't, then I'm going for loser. Would you play him in the midfield three? Um, Zinkenagel. I would. It's a difficult one. I would be because t- if you're going to play midfield three. You'd you want him in maybe the number 10-ish role, wouldn't you? Yeah, and, and you'd also want Cleverly loser in that role, wouldn't you? But then, yeah, I've, I've seen that you'd want to play loser in more an advanced role. He's not a holding midfielder where maybe you could maybe put Etebo in. Um, but Zinkenagel, I think the only spot for him would be Cleverly's spot. But if you well, take Cleverly out, I think you lose a lot more than what you would gain through Zinkenagel, maybe. See, I think it's a toss-up between Zinkenagel and loser. So, I think you oh, okay. could you could actually drop Cleverly to be a more defensive midfielder. Because I think mm-hmm. he can do just as, you know, just as good in both roles. So... I'm gonna go, I'm gonna stick my neck out on the line here. I'm gonna go Philip Zinkenagel. I think he'll play a big part this season. I know he's been linked with a move to Nottingham Forest, but I'm gonna go Philip so. Zinkenagel. I want I want to see him perform. Um, yeah. he, he's he's dreamt of playing in the Premier League for a long time. He, he's yeah. got his big move over to England. He's chose us over other countries um, yeah. as well, and it's time for him to show what he can do in the Premier League. I just hope we give him that opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, my turn on this one. So the first funny one, uh, and again, kudos to Ben for thinking of this one. Which team will Harry the Hornet piss off first? Uh, now, if if anyone's sort of scratching their heads, thinking, what are they going on about? Um, firstly, how could you forget? Like, it was brilliant. Uh, and secondly, we're on about Crystal Palace when Zahar was rattled by a guy that dresses up in a Hornet costume. You know, a bit sad, really, but never mind. Um I think I think it's going to be Palace again. I think he's going to pull out the stops this time, and he's going to go big time when Palace, uh, you know, visit the Vic. So I'm going Crystal Palace, Ben. Yourself? Oh, 
I'm thinking that we're not playing Palace for a long time. Um, so I'm okay. actually looking at their fixtures. Yeah, go on. Our second home game is at home to Wolves. I oh! Could, I, I think he could wind up the Wolves yeah. lot, especially after we beat them in the semi-finals of the FA Cup. So I'm going to I'm gonna go for Wolves. That's a good shout, that is, Ben. I, I, I like you. That's very strategic thinking, that is. So, yeah. Wolves. So Crystal Palace for me and Wolves for Ben. Let us know your thoughts, guys, if you're listening. Drop us a tweet and we'll retweet it. Um, this one is sort of... You could take this in jest and you could take it as being serious as well. Obviously, our managerial record. How long will Cisco last? Now, I... You go first, Ben, because it is your turn. On Cheers, this mate. <laughs> it is your mate. Oh, I've got okay, a very strong fair. opinion on this one, and I think it's it will surprise a few. Probably it will surprise more non-Watford fans if they were to listen to this. It it obviously depends on how well Watford start, isn't it, and how well Watford do this season, to whether Cisco's going to last the season or not. I'd like to think that we've maybe learnt from the lessons before that we've 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 chopped and changed too much especially for the year where we got relegated I, I, I still disagree with sacking Javi Gracia so early on into the season yeah. um, so I'm actually going to say we're going to see out the whole season with Cisco Munoz I think even if we potentially get relegated at the end of the season I think we would maybe stick with Munoz as well purely because I feel like he, he gets Watford um and we can't just chop and change all the time. Um, yeah. Look at what Norwich have done with uh, Daniel Farker. He, he's got them promoted twice. He's been relegated from a Prem before, but he's gotten back up straight away. And I'd like to see maybe if we were to get relegated, that Watford would maybe give Cisco the faith and see what he can do to get us back up, just like Norwich have done with Farker. You bastard. You stole my answer. Really? Oh, yeah. So I was speaking you to... You should have let me go first. I know, yeah. Uh, just, I should have changed the order around, shouldn't I? I should have gone first there. Um, I was speaking to a, a guy uh, who I know at the weekends and he was like, you know, the, the typical question you get as a Watford fan from a non-Watford fan, oh, he won't be long to sack your manager, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I think that Cisco, whatever it is, Cisco has it. The likability factor. Um, he knows how to motivate the players. He come in, he was unknown. He, he got the job done. One thing I want to say as well, Ben, which you sort of picked up on, it, it, you said there, it depends how he starts. Uh, Jacob, uh, who's a friend of the pods, Jacob Coulshaw from WD18, um, tweeted in the week, uh, absolutely spot on. Too many people are writing us off so far. Like, yeah, we might not have signed positions that people are expecting. Yeah, we might not have signed the calibre of players that people are expecting. But people are writing us off. Our own fans are writing us off. The season's not started yet. So, just just relax, you know? So it, it's not all doom and gloom. We're back in the Premier League. You know, it was stressful enough watching us get promoted back to the Premier League. And now we're bloody in it. People are like, oh, we'll just go straight back down. Just relax. I think Cisco, like I, I think he is the one. I think he's the one that's going to be staying around. And I think we've mentioned this on previous podcasts. Even if he does do poorly, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept him on in some capacity behind the scenes or on the coaching staff or something, something like that. So I. I I also think he's going to be staying the whole season as well. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if, as you've, you know, sort of 
compared with Norwich with the Daniel Farker situation. It'll be interesting to see if we go down that route. Uh, you mentioned there, Raul, the chopping and changing has maybe done your head in a little bit. Um, so I, I think, the for me, I think, I never had a problem with the chopping and changing because it worked, but it was last season when I started to think, okay, maybe this isn't going to work all the time. So that 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 did do my head in a little, a little bit last season. Bringing in Kike Sanchez Flores again was was a big no-no for me. I was at a wedding at the time. I was I was quite pissed, and I I thought I was reading that news, but unfortunately I woke up the next day just to check it was true, and it was. So yeah, but uh, I I'm I'm in agreement with you, Ben. I think he's going to stay the whole season. So it'll be interesting to see what 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 the other guys think. Um, <laughs> one to lighten the mood because I think I just brought it down a little bit there. How many holes will Kiko cut into his socks? Now we actually had a, we actually one of our listeners asked why he does that, and it's to relieve the pressure in the calves. I think Kyle Walker does it as well, um, but I, I don't know. I think at, at some stage, right, it's just going to be the top part of the sock. He's just going to cut the rest of the sock off. Just, just to, uh, it's or he just does a Jack Grealish approach, and he wears socks really low, so they're not covering his calves, and he wears tiny, tiny, tiny shin pads. Um, so, what do you think on that, Ben? How many holes are we going for you? Looking at his socks from last season, um, I, I think maybe he might go six or seven on each sock. Six or seven. Well, well, well. Mm. You heard it here first. Well, we be sure. When the official photos from the first game of the season are, well, provided he plays. and You can was, count them on a night out or something. Yeah, <laughs> count them or something. We'll, we'll, we'll count them, we'll get an official count and we'll see who was closest. Um, next one, which is, is a topic very close to my heart, Ben. Uh, you can take the lead on this one, though, before I get, before I get too worked up. How much will a pint cost in the V-Bar? And do you know what? I don't actually know how much a pint costs at the moment because my last game was he game against Everton where we were 2-0 up and we lost 3-2 so I can't remember how much a point it costs but how much do you think a point will cost in the V-Bar this season Ben? I have no idea how much they cost last time um, Well the prices down by you boys are ridiculous may I add. (laughs) Coming from up north having to support a team that's down south on the border of London near enough, uh, I'll get a telling off for that, it's not Exactly on the border of London, but near enough. You know what I'm saying. Um, it's bloody expensive to drink down there. So, uh, go for a rough guesstimate, Ben. It's been so long since I've been out to a pub to see how much a pint you was costs on, now. You, was, you was out on bloody Saturday. Come on. I, yeah, I bought like, you know, when you go to like venues like that, you get you buy their drinks and it's always expensive. You know, yeah. I got cider that was in the size of a Coke can that was cost £5 a can. Jesus Christ. I hope you're not taking Kate back to that. Definitely not. She's paying that son. <laughs> yeah, I don't bloody blame you. Um, V-Bar, £5.50. Oh, Jesus. My heart just sank. If that is a case, I'm sorry, but you won't be seeing me in the V-Bar anytime soon. Um, do you know what, though, Ben? I think, do you know what? I actually think you'll be absolutely spot on with that prediction. £5.50. Um, just to be different, let's say £5.00. Um, I think we've got a new beer coming in this season as well. I obviously, when I saw that news, my eyes lit up. We've got Budweiser, but we've had Budweiser before at the ground, okay. so I don't, I, I don't know what's going on there. But we've got Budweiser and Camden Helms this season, um, so 
maybe you will see me in the V-Bar. If you do see me in the V-Bar, feel free to buy me a pint, especially if it is £5.50 <laughs> for a fucking pint. Feel free to buy me a pint. I'm more than happy to do that. I'll pose for a selfie, I'll sign your shirt, I'll do whatever I like. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, people you're not, might you're think, not. No, no, people might think I'm being serious, taking this podcast in bit too bit too serious. Uh, but yeah... Um, 100% you would pose for photos. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to say £5. You're going to say £5.50. Uh, you, you'll be there on the first game of the season. Ben, you can you can let me know who who's right, who's the closest there. Um, yeah. Christ, five fifty, Jesus. Um, yeah, never mind. That's why I drink before I get to the games and not in the games itself. Um, so, myself first. <laughs> a, uh, a topic which is very, very relatable at the moment, or um, very sort of in in the news at the moment. How long will it take you to get into the ground with a new e-card? Now, there's been no end of problems with the new season tickets, match tickets on the app. I've been reading that a few people have now got them on the app. But I will bet you any money, and this is no disrespect to the club, it's just how apps work and how crap they can be at times and how crap phones can be. I'll bet you any money, if your season ticket has actually loaded on or your match ticket has, there will be a problem scanning that through and actually getting through the turnstile. So I'm going to say it's going to be the third home game before any problems are actually completely ironed out, Ben. What about you? I was going to say it'd be for third game, uh, home game, until anyone actually enters the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Not that bad. There, there, there's alternatives. I think whilst on that note as well, I think if you do email the club, you can actually get a paper or slash card, sort of for a season ticket. So there are ways around it, but they obviously want to try and go down the e-ticket route. But yeah, I'm saying third home game before all problems are ironed out, and I mean all problems. I think you need to turn up really early, don't you? You can't stroll up at like what you, we would normally do. We'd leave, walk about about quarter past two and get to the ground about quarter to um, yeah. three and, and get in just before kick-off. I, I think there'd be massive queues and massive issues on the opening day with e-cars. I think possibly there could be a delay to kick-off because there'll be that many fans trying to get in because the e-card system is probably broken. Um, so I'm actually going to stay if there's going to be a delay to kick-off. That's some shout, that is, Ben. That is some shout. Um, I, I think that there are going to be teething problems, as there is when clubs try and implement stuff like this. So, yeah, um, if it happens, then don't say we didn't warn you. Get there nice and early on the first game of the season. When I say get there, I mean to the ground. Uh, don't be walking out of walkabout or stumbling out of the moon under the water at half two thinking oh it's all right it's only around the corner get there early plenty of time uh an important one for us ben will we score a free kick again are we scoring a free kick this season in the premier league no no (laughs) okay only because i i I couldn't tell you a name of who's who would actually score one if we did (laughs) loser's is meant to be a set piece specialist isn't it um, I think heard. he was more of a set piece specialist, where like crossing it in. I don't think he really scored many free kicks. He scored plenty right. of penalties, that's for yeah. sure. Um, but free kicks, I didn't. I, when I saw his uh, compilation video, I can't remember seeing a free kick he actually scored. So I'm not sure about that. I think he was more of a provider. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, that's that's going to be interesting. I think, I actually think we are going to score a free kick this season. And I think that it's going to be a Philip Zinkenagel top bins in Ooh. the last minute to make the Vic go absolutely wild. So I'm going to be optimistic after that. After a little bit of drop of optimism with the last topic in terms of the e-cards and Ben calling a delay to kick off to the first game of the season, um, I'm going to say Philip Zinkenagel is going to score a free kick for us this season and we're not going to have to wait another, what was it, um, six years, five years, six years since the last free kick we scored up until Messina. So yes, I do think so. Uh, and then just the last three topics which... We'll, uh, we'll go through now, um, sort of back down a more serious route. First one, player of the season. Ben, who are you going for? I'm going to go for Surielta. Oh, OK, OK. I think he's going to really shine this season. Uh, yeah. And I don't think we're going to have... I think it might be a case of keeping clean sheets and getting 1-0 victories this season to get the three points. I don't think we're going to be outscoring sides um, like 3-2 or 4-3 or whatever. Um, I think it's going to be based on the clean sheets that we had last season. Um, so that's why I'm going to go Serialta. I'm going to be generic and boring, but I'm going to say Ishmael Asar. I think he's going to, you know, providing we keep him, he'll be the Ishmael Asar that we all know and love. He'll be terrorising fullbacks every week. He'll be raw pace, and I just think that he's going to make this team click. So I'm going to go Ishmael Asar on that one. Um, next topic, young player of the season. I am going to go with uh, Chucho Hernandez because he's only 22. So what, what's the, what's usually the cut off for young player of the season? I think it's 23, so he just comes underneath it. Um, yeah. I would have gone the same player as well. Um, yeah. He's an exciting player. Um, he re- kind of reminds me a bit of when we had Forestieri, um, <laughs> that kind of exciting yeah. player. Um, so I think he's going to get players, uh, fans off their seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think he's going to pick up young player of the season. Unless it might be Quinner if he gets game time. Yes, I forgot about him because he's returning to uh, he's returning to training, isn't he? After a after an injury, so yeah, possibly Quinner. Um, I had a DM the other day from somebody saying. Um, asking about Quinner and saying how good he was in Spain and everything so you know he, he's getting known throughout sort of football um, to, to other fans so it's going to be very very interesting to see if Quinner can finally make a breakthrough at this club because at one stage I thought he was going to go down the path of we've signed him but he's not going to really play so yeah um, that that is that is a shout, uh, and then last but certainly not least, probably one of the most difficult things to predict um, is final league position. Now, um, I will take the reins on this one. Uh, I, if you offer me now seventeenth and you stay up by a point or you stay up by a goal difference, I will snatch your hand off. Any fan of any team that's just been promoted would lie if they say they wouldn't take 17th. It means we're staying up. The goal this season is to stay up. Yet some some people might be like, oh, we want to push on, we want to push on. Yeah, let's get ourselves established again in the Premier League and then we can kick on a little bit, yeah? But yeah. I would take 17th. I actually think we'll finish 14th this season. What about yourself? Interesting. Um, it's going to be such a tough season. Um yeah. 
I do fear for us this season. I really do. Um, I don't think we've improved the squad as much as I would have liked or hoped. But I think that's down to there's not much in the club at the moment to maybe go out and get the players that you'd maybe want to improve the squad. I think squad depth with improved personnel for starting lineup. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have as much as we would have liked. Um, it's going to be tight. I don't want to say Watford are going to get relegated. Um, so I'm going to go 17th. Off. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I know what you're saying. Obviously, we like I, to try and keep it positive. I, I, I can see both ways. I can see Watford getting relegated. I can also see us staying up. It, it's a flip of a coin for me at the moment. It depends how well we start the season. Yeah. We've got a really hard blip. Um, November. Jesus November time. God. We've got five really tough games. <laughs> uh, so yeah. it's, it's it's how you pick up points against the big clubs, isn't it? And in November time, we've got Arsenal away, Manchester United at home, Leicester away, Chelsea at home, and then we've got Manchester City at home. Um, that's the time where maybe Cisco could end up losing his job if we lose all five in a row. Um, but um, yeah, it's, you've got to pick up big points against the big clubs. Uh, if we can pick up maybe six points out of those five games, that would be a massive boost towards survival towards the end of the season. Um, but Or if we don't pick up any points out of that, it could be a tough old season. Um, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I don't feel as confident as what we did the first year we got promoted in the Prem. I felt more confident then for some reason. Okay, okay. That's that's very interesting you say that. Um obviously, you know, we you you'd have thought you maybe would have we fans would have maybe felt a little bit less confident the first year we got back in uh fifteen, sixteen, but uh I mean, as you say, Ben, it's it's about how we start, you know, Villa Brighton, Tottenham, Wolves, Norwich, Newcastle, some winnable games in our in our first six games of the season. So it all depends how we start the season in terms of how we get on. Uh, but we're not here to discuss our running. Uh, we will be discussing, obviously, games themselves, which me and Ben cannot wait for. Um, but... We, we hope you've enjoyed this, this podcast. Um, that is all the topics that we have come up with. Uh, well, I say we, Ben has come up with. So massive thanks to Ben for coming up with those. Like I said, if you want to have your say on any of the topics, drop us a tweet. We'll retweet it. We'll interact with you. We'll let you know. If you disagree with something you've, we've said, let us know. We'll happily talk it out. If you agree with something we've said, let us know as well. We'll happily retweet that. And, you know, we'll, we'll probably print it out and put it in a frame and put it on my wall or something. I've got a lot of wall space at the moment in my bedroom. So if you, you agree with any tweets to say, send them through, I'll, I'll get it printed out. I'll get it, you know, I'll, I'll get it framed, everything. Uh, no, all seriousness, um, myself and Ben will be back next week. Is it Ben? We've, we've agreed. Um, yeah, next next week we're actually sitting down with an Aston Villa fan and we're going to preview the Villa game. Um, so yeah, there'll be a podcast maybe midweek next week. I would say so. It's the first match preview of the season. So it, we're going to be talking about a competitive game of football back in the Premier League. Like Our first ever podcast was a preview of a Premier League game. Um, it was against Leicester. So we're going to be talking about Premier League football again. We've got the AVFC faithful uh, fan page slash podcast coming on to speak about 
Aston Villa and just to give us a little bit of a lowdown as well. Uh, so me and Ben can't wait to do that. And then obviously after the game, we've got some special guests as well, uh, which we'll announce close to the time. But as always, from myself, Mike Duffy, and from my co-host, Ben Ayton, we thank you so, so much for continuing to listen to our podcast. We really do appreciate it. If you've enjoyed listening to this, let us know. You know, it really means the world to us that we're continuing to do this in our seconds. You know, this is our seconds. Uh, well, we've only just been going a year. So, you know, going into the, the second season or going into the third season now, actually, because we started in 1920. So our first full season as a Premier League podcast, uh, we're really, really looking forward to it. And we're going to try and up our game as well. Uh, so thank you so, so much, as always, for listening. But, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed it. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Enjoy the rest of your day whenever you're listening. Take care and come on yours. Sports Social Podcast Network.